1: Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Wesley Lowe. Wesley bowled collegiately at Wichita State. Wesley recently finished fourth in the PBA Players Championship West Region Qualifier. Wesley, it's Timberg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin. Thank you for joining us today.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me, you
1: guys. Wesley, you just wrapped up a very successful tournament there, finishing fourth in the West region. What went well for you that week? And then also, what and how are you preparing for a very busy February on the PBA tour?
2: Uh, you know, I gained a lot. I made a bit of a change to my bowling game. I took my thumb out. So for 20 years of my life, I had my thumb in the bowling ball. And. You know, it's a big change. And I said during the summer swing, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to commit to it and learn something and hope I can, you know, bowl well that next season because the goal is to bowl better this season. And, you know, making that first show for the first tournament of the year, I was like, all right, that, it's legit. I did all right. And so it's a big confidence boost. And going into the season, you know, it feels like what I've been working on on my game has really helped and benefited me um, tremendously. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited to get started with the U.S. Open this coming week.
0: Well, why don't we dig into that a little bit deeper? Because there are a lot of listeners to this podcast that are pretty, you know, technically astute uh, to, to you know, most or majority of two-handers, I think, uh, do actually, you know, bowl with their thumb out of it. But you were one of the, you know, super highly talented and skilled two-handers who had their thumb in it. So why the change? Uh, and then what are the differences uh, that you've seen uh, and, again, you mentioned some quick and early success with it. But what are the differences you've seen? And maybe, you know, what kind of advice would for somebody who either does or doesn't use their thumb on, on what they would see difference-wise between the two?
2: Sure. So um, the way this started was from Sean Maldonado. He also took his thumb out of the bowling ball. And I would see him doing regionals every weekend. And he'd come up to me and he'd have his little swagger that he has and be like, yo, what up, man? He's like, you take your thumb out of the ball yet? <laughs> I did. Kind of deal, right? So um, Sean kept talking to me about it. And I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do it. I've been doing it with my thumb this whole time. Every time I try it, my ball roll isn't very good. So I'm like, ah, I, I don't know if I can do it. And then he comes out last season and he wins two titles. And I'm shaking my head. I'm like, oh, all right. And we're talking and he's like, dude, just look what I can do. I could rotate the ball. I could throw bigger asymmetrical bowling balls I get through all these bowling balls and I'm like well I only like to throw asymmetrical bowling balls because I throw it hard so you know I'm just I'm trying to think of like all the things that I can rebuttal him with and then I think about it I'm like huh this guy's on to something and he just won two titles and a bunch of big tournaments in Texas so I'm like okay I'll try it and I, I tried it for a little bit I really didn't like it um and one of the things, and this is kind of how I've always felt, was like my hands just weren't big enough. If you look at like someone like Simonson, who I absolutely love, his paw, his hand's like a paw. And I feel like he could get his hand all the way around the bowling ball, ball and stuff like that. And so to me, I was like, I just don't feel like I'm gripping it. I don't feel like keeping my palm. And then so I tried it and I was like, I think I can work, make this work. And what, uh, with the thumb, the reason why the thumb to me was important was because I felt like I could change grip pressures. Or I can um, roll it a certain way off my hand and be able to manipulate it the way I want to see the lanes. And after doing the two-finger thing, I realized that I could get my hand around it even more. I can stay a little more up the back of it. And to me, the biggest thing that I love about this is that I don't have to worry about my span, my pitches, drilling a perfect <laughs> thumb hole anymore. I drill two holes and I put two-finger inserts in and I say, Oh, I'm hoping this ball is going to be good. <laughs>
1: And how uh, how much practice did uh, did it take? How many games did it take for you to get this? And then we all think, okay, you, you got your you know your your first shot down your strike shot, but spares spares have to you know spares are you know we think spares are important in our bowling. Spares are ten times twenty times more important for you guys. So what was that sort of learning curve like uh, for you with with spares? Or, or are you using your thumb on your spares?
2: Uh, so for the first maybe like month I did because I couldn't figure out how not to over rotate it because I just kept over rotating and I have my spare ball and it hooked by and I had this weird little trick, um, where I kind of knuckle dumped the ball and was able to keep my hand flat with my thumb and my fingers. And I was even able to throw reactive bowling balls. So for, I don't know. A month or two, all I did was I just came into the training center and I was working on shooting spares and just trying to roll it forward or try to like take less revs out of the ball so I can keep the ball on line. My biggest issue was that I just kept overhooking the ball. Um, mm. In regards to like how long it took to actually figure out this two-handed or the two-finger thing, it took me at least six months. A lot of practice in six months. I'd probably practice two, three hours a day trying to get it done. Not all the time. you know. Sometimes you can't practice that long, but – I was practicing as much as I can for the last six months just to try to get my hand in the right position, understand the layouts that I have, because now I have to change my layouts completely, um, just the whole nine yards. And it just, it took a lot of time. I'm not saying it's perfect yet by any means,
0: but, you know,
2: I'm trying to accelerate that learning curve because it's six months opposed to 20 years.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, there, that's definitely, you know, one of those changes that's, uh, you know, I can understand wholeheartedly amount of time it would take to, transition because it is a big that is a big change now you mentioned there you're just in in tempe area there and you mentioned the the training center perform is that the b3 is that where
2: yeah yeah b3 performance talk a little bit about uh... that
0: place i mean i i haven't been there myself but i've heard so many good things about it talk about that place a little bit what's it like there
2: sure yeah so uh b3 performance is located in tempe arizona Mm
0: -hmm. it's about five
2: minutes from the airport and it's their owners are mike and brandy calderon uh, Mike was an old Ebonite tour rep, and, you know, he coached Kuwait and had been around doing a bunch of different things for bowling. Uh, Brandy was an astounding bowler herself. She, or accomplished bowler in college, and she bowled out on the PWBA tour for a while. So they opened a training center It's independently owned by them. Uh, there's four lanes. We have Specto, Torch. Uh, we have high speed cameras uh, for coaching. We have a flex walker. So, you know, anybody that likes to come out and bowl, they can bowl on different patterns or they can work on anything they want within the facility to help um improve their bowling game. And one unique thing about the training facility is that we're on string pins. So I also work here. So someone like mm. me who's not super mechanically sound can actually fix the machines and be able to um help with ball returns or any type of lane breakdown or tangle, as opposed to you know the a2s or gsxs you're specially trained so i mean obviously i've trained and learned about how to fix them but it takes way longer to actually know how to work the normal bowling machines
0: now what's it like as far as the way the pins move or the pin care? i've never bowled on the strings I, I think there's a lot of people haven't yet bowled on those strings
2: sure and um it seems like right now it's recreational right when, whenever you were to see string pins um, yeah. but the, there, I think there's multiple variations of string pins and the one that we have, I think might be one of the harder ones. Like if we had a tournament here ever, I think the scoring pace would be much lower than, uh, what people would think of bowling natural, uh, free fall pins. And I think the, the greatest thing about them is that it's a training opportunity because the only time I ever feel like I strike is if I get the correct entry angle into the pocket, to allow all 10 pins to go back and the four or five pins to properly hit each other. Like there's no like messengers. There's no half sevens that, you know, get the lucky kick. Like they have to be perfect. So that's what I think helps me so much too, is that is the fact that these pins are difficult. It's almost like bowling on the gold pins, but the gold pins at least flew a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. I've been over there. Uh, I was over there once and, uh, and did, did uh, well, I, I did an interview with, with, um, with Mike, uh, way back when, I'm trying to remember how long ago that was, and then I actually went over there myself and did some uh, did some practicing on those string pins. And you're right, they do fall different, and it's uh, it's certainly a different hit. Although I don't think it's as it's not as bad as what people have. People can sometimes make it out to be uh, as uh, oh, sure yeah. as things are, but yeah. In fact, it was funny because in, in my little tour, they even um, Mike and, and Brandy even mentioned how much you're over there practicing. So I know you are working hard on your game and uh, and getting getting things uh, getting things ready for this year. So as we head into the U.S. Open, what what are some of your tour, tour goals? Obviously, it, it must be great having a fourth place finish. You know, a nice $11,000 check right out of the gate for you to uh, to head out on the road and have uh, have some fun and, and be bowling, you know, the U.S. Open. Yeah, it
2: makes the arm swing looser, right? <laughs> um, my, my goals are just to be better than the last couple of years. Um, I think the first year was my learning experience. I was still trying to work on my master's, so I wasn't fully focused on bowling. Last year I got more focused, but um, I didn't have a very good – like, in between the Summer Swing and the Players' Championships. And I, I was taking all that information in. I was trying to figure out, you know, what I had to do to be better. And, you know, I went to the Summer Swing, and the first tournament I made the cut, and no other lefty did. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, it's something like Earl's done. Like, but that's not something you hear very often on the left side anymore, that, oh, you're the only lefty to make a cut. So, um, so I was working on that. But I, I think my goal this year, I mean, I'd like to tell you I'd wanna win and I wanna make some shows. Like I can tell you all that, but I think it's just to improve and do better and I wanna to try to make a few more cuts. I'd like to make a couple more shows and if I win that's cherry on the top, but I still think I'm still in that learning process. Um, trying to figure out what it takes to be as good as Belmo and Simo, um, Kyle Troop. Like I mean Kyle Troop took a little bit of time before he became the superstar he is right now and he won almost half a mil last year, a couple titles, like it took him time to figure that out. And I think I'm still in that process.
0: Um, so I just,
2: like I said, would hope it's just better. That's all I'd like it to
0: be. Well, you guys must have something going on there a little bit in Arizona. I mean, you had, uh, on the same telecast, you, Cortez, Buttruth, you know, all three of you guys on the show. I think you guys had competed maybe against each other together a little bit when you guys were, were younger. Is that Safe to say. I mean, I know you and Cortez have bowled doubles. You guys were you guys both actually got some Coach K scholarship money at Wichita State too, and got to compete as a shocker there. So,
2: yeah. What is it about I,
0: bowling down there?
2: Uh, I mean, I think it's it's much changed over the years, but we've gotten to bowl in a lot of youth tournaments um, around the West Coast, and being able to travel and bowl against the best bowlers in your age group, um, and I mean, obviously now with Junior Gold being multiple divisions, there's more people getting this um, opportunity to bowl against better youth bowlers of their age, but we all bowled each other in JBTs. I bowled the JAT in Southern California, so we just had this opportunity to just bowl tournaments, and I think that's what kind of helped us, or has helped us, because it taught us a lot of things. It taught us how to bowl in sports shots, it taught us the competitive nature, trying to make a cut, trying to make a match play, trying to throw a shot for a title um so I think all those things and I think a lot of the youth directors and tournament directors that I've grown up with because like if it wasn't for them like maybe I wouldn't be bowling or maybe I wouldn't have learned all these competitive things to try to compete on the PBA tour and actually something interesting and this is behind the scenes mm. uh Belmo talked to us about it because I think Jacob talked a lot about like all three of us bowling against each other and Belmo mm. said guys I only bowl two tournaments a year in juniors we had like, and I don't remember what it was exactly, but I think like the Orange Softball Junior Masters, and one other tournament. And other than that, we didn't bowl anybody else anytime. And so you're like, what? We bowl every weekend. We might have two tournaments a weekend in, at junior bowling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes you get that, you know, the exposure there. I mean, in, in competitiveness, growing up is in in, in uh, like the JATs, I actually competed in a few of those. Myself when I was growing up. That's been that was oh. a great great youth organization.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah neat place. Hey, talk to it real quick now. You and also you were room with Jake Peters, right? Was that Wichita State connection? You guys both made the show. It seemed like a great storyline for the for the telecast. It was,
2: it was, yeah. We did room together. Uh, it was really cool because we got to talk about everything. You know, Wichita connection, PBA tour, um, just our lives. You know with Jake's mm. story. Like I, I connected really deeply with that. So I completely understand um, everything that was going on. And he, he said to me a lot of things that I don't, I'm, it's not my business to repeat that he probably didn't say, but like, or want to say to other people. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like a connection. It was almost like it was like fate. Like both of us were brought together to do the same thing at the same time. And being mm-hmm. roommates, like I thought that was really cool. And I thought that was really special. Like I, I really appreciate it. Cause I never roomed with Jake actually. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to room with Cortez and his dad and girlfriend wanted to come out and, uh, Jake's original roommate moved to Florida, which is Toby. So, you know, we were both
0: roommate and,
2: you know, to save some money, we decided we'd room together and it was, it was actually pretty cool. It was great. It
0: probably won't be the last time you room together, I'm guessing.
1: You guys oh so no, well.
0: I think he likes
1: <laughs> it. I hope he doesn't hate me. The
0: only thing he
2: might hate me on <laughs> is snoring. <laughs>
1: Hey Wesley, let's. Um, I w- I'd like to hit on some of the uh, how you're handling or how your your thoughts are regarding the transition that you see out there on tour, because that's one of the things that we hear on the right hand side of the lane. It's just completely different, and I'm sure for you it's the same on the left hand side, especially because you have Jacob over there, you know, who's who sometimes is using urethane and using, you know, just just. Beating up different parts of the lane, but how are you learning and, and handling that transition as you're out there on tour? And uh, what are some of the ways that you're trying to deal with that and, and work through some of that as you uh, as you gain your experience out there?
2: Sure, yeah, and that's something. That's something actually. It's an interesting topic. Um, I I never seen so many left-handers throw urethane bowling ball ever. So usually we just all throw reactive and just keep moving right, and the only thing we're worried about is what the right-handers do to the lane because then we lose our fronts, right? So now, when um, with more people throwing urethane um, on both sides, honestly, like they get a little tighter down the lane, and they and then they hook up front. So now you try to like finagle the ball into a slot, and that's one of the things I've been trying to work on is trying to get my ball to read either a little sooner. Or be able to play on top of the urethane so my ball doesn't, you know, X itself and try to miss one because it hits something tight or tries to hook too early because there's just too much surface in the front. So um, that's one of the things I've been working on. I just, um, I've been trying to figure out how to create angles that would compensate for all the other lefties that want to throw urethane throughout a full block, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I've I've never seen so. Oh, good.
0: No, I was uh, – I didn't want to cut you off there.
2: Oh, you're good. No, you're good. I'm sure I'll say more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was just going to say is that I'm, I'm sure then having the benefit of uh, – you, you talked about maybe some added hand or wrist position or releases, being able to rotate the ball a little bit uh, differently, that that would uh, kind of open up some of these, you know, these other avenues or possibilities, you know. Um, there's uh, – who do you? Who do you? I mean, we know who your coaches were in in, in Wichita. Um, who do you go to for help and assistance now with your your physical? And now that you've you know, now that you're in Arizona,
2: sure. Uh, so every once in a while, I will get to see Mark Baker because I mean, I, when I grew up, I'd go see him. But now, I mean, call my caller on's my main coach. Like usually, out of frustration, I would ask him for help because I would ask, I would say, "Hey, I feel like this is what I was doing wrong," or hey, this is what I felt like I could have done better. Do you have any ideas? And, uh, I mean, we're next to each other seven hours a day, basically, throwing bowling balls. So, yeah, I get that time to ask him and talk to him. And then whatever he kind of tells me, I take it, and I kind of piece it together in my head, and I say, okay, well, I'm just going to work on this. So the next morning I'll start working on what I just thought of from our conversations. And he's been a great resource and help. I mean, his brain works in funny ways about how bowling balls work and lane play physical game you know a lot it's it's pretty simple like he's not simple he's really smart about it but now it's pretty simple between us because we had maybe about four or five hour session here uh before the training facility opened and we were working pretty hard on my game like this was after my first season on tour like there were some flaws my swing was too high I was throwing it too hard I couldn't get my ball to ever slow down in the correct part of the lane and it was like five hours worth of bowling Um, and videos, and, like, how about this? How about that? And, you know, that was right before the 900, too. So, obviously, it Mm -hmm. helped. It fixed some of the things that I needed to work on, and I've just been using all the things that he said, and I take that, and I just apply it to my game when I'm bowling. He doesn't really – if I asked, I'm sure he'd be okay watching for an hour, but I'm not like, eh, can you watch me for this hour and help me? Like, it's just more like I see you enough where I can talk to you about it, and then, you know, at some point, if you have input, you're probably going to tell me and say something
1: to me well in all years mike 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 had all those years out on tour as a rep as well so i'm sure he can help you as you head out you know you're bowling a woodland bowl for the u.s open then you go to you know bolero here amf this place heritage you got all these different tournaments probably a lot of centers you haven't been to and he'll be able to to help you at least with some of these some of the house characteristics i know that has to be a, a big help as well for you to uh to, to things as you head out on the tour and, and gain some knowledge and use some of his insight from uh, from all his years on tour as a rep as well.
2: Oh, 100%. And like some of the centers I've never been to, I just ask him some questions and he'd be like, well, this is what was happening usually when I was out there. So I don't think it's changed much, so just take that for a grain of salt. And then I would take it and I'd be like, huh, well, this guy was right. He was smart. So, yeah, no, 100%.
0: All right. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Wesley, for your time. This was, uh, we, we sure enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And uh, it was great. Uh, just a great kickoff for 2022. Congratulations on your, your excellent start and excellent bowling. And uh, we'll want to wish you all the best uh, throughout the remainder of the season. Okay. Thank you, guys. Love, that. Love coming on. Love talking to you guys. So I appreciate you very much.